Hello and welcome to Hmm Interesting Choice on the Hat on Dog Network. This podcast is basically the bad music podcast. The show is hosted by John and Martin, that's me, and we review bad albums with special guests. That's the show. Subscribe and rate on iTunes. We're on Twitter and Facebook at HMM Choice. We're on SoundCloud and our website's hatondog.com. Today's guest, Donnie Vostok, a.k.a. Nev, co-creator of Glasgow alternative comedy show, Chunks. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Um, today we have a special guest. Uh, it is the artist formerly known as Nev. Thanks mm. so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here, big fan. Formerly known as Nev, currently known as... Uh, Donnie Vostok, that's my real name, my Donny birth name. Vostok. Co-creator of Alternative Comedy Night Chunks. Yeah. Host of Another Natter, Another Level, uh, the Dane Bowers podcast. Yep. We can do plugs at the end. <laughs> uh, and today uh, we're covering an album you've suggested, which is Corey Feldman's Angelic to the Core. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, why did you suggest this album? What What made you aware of Corey Feldman's oeuvre? I, when this came out, a couple of years ago, I think 2016, it was doing the rounds online as a sort of meme and the music video for Ascension mm. Millennium was horrific. So when I heard that, uh, sort of curiosity got the better of me and I decided to listen to the full mm. album. Much like the cats. Yes, exactly. Where and did you hear this? Was this on the radio or blogs? It's, it's on his YouTube channel. Every single track of it was uploaded and you just have your eye on his youtube channel well Is that a bit subscribed big fan Corey. um no i just uh, I'd, I'd seen the video and then i think i'd seen a live performance on the today program in america or something and it was so odd that i thought this garners a lesson so i listened to it and it's horrific but my, my theory on the whole thing is, you know, everybody's well aware of uh, the concept of a, a film that's so bad that it's good. Mm. But I don't think that necessarily translates to music as often. You know, when you hear a bad yeah. piece of music, it's just a bad piece of music. You, mm -hmm. you don't go into it. But this album may be the exception in that every single decision on it is the wrong one. <laughs> and... That sort of makes it strangely fascinating and it's a long album and you go through various different emotions whilst listening to it to the point where it almost becomes endearing. Maybe. It does feel like an album that might be generated by like a random bot. Yes. Like it would start, oh, who should we have on this song? Oh, Corrupt. Let's put Corrupt on this one and then Fred Durst on the song after it. That is interesting though to just consistently make the wrong choice, yes, especially yeah. on a wrong album because uh, from just the odds of things, you should be able to like strike lucky once. Yeah. Did you guys hear that he did a live performance at Minor League? baseball game <laughs> i missed this one actually and the makes the sense team, is that a minor league one minor league baseball team after the performance the team had to apologize in the newspaper <laughs> because apparently they didn't ask him to perform 
They only asked him to do an autograph signing, and he showed up with a with full a band. band. Yeah, I don't God. think they were even aware he did music. Did he have his <laughs> angels with the wings? And we got to talk about the Indiegogo campaign. Oh yeah. So he the, he ran a campaign, and it was to raise a hundred and five thousand pounds, which is two dollars, uh, which is too much money for this album, I would say. But he fell short, and he only raised fifteen thousand dollars. So he created a second Indiegogo campaign to raise more money, and the goal for that was set at twenty five thousand, and they only raised eight thousand from that one. Yeah. So the amount they raised just keeps like having. <laughs> right. It's present on the album. The all eight grand of that sound is on yeah. the album. I'm but, sure. But you you think about that and you go think about how many albums were more cheaply produced. What did they actually spend this money on? Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, you can make an album on, like, six well, grand. It must have been to pay Snoop Dogg, is my assumption. Yeah. yeah. paying guests with that money. That's Where what I was about to say. This album is, like, him making an album with, like, all his, fri- all his <laughs> friends. And it's, like, the best friends his money can buy. Yeah. He's, like, the kid at school who pays friends to hang around with them. Uh-huh. Which is sad. <laughs> this whole album's sad. It's sad. Like talking about like his his tragic life and stuff. It is there is like a an air of sadness about this. <laughs> and the other thing is, I feel like he definitely will listen to this podcast episode. Yeah, he seems You've like just, someone. The second you said that, I realized it's true. And that's, yeah, Corey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's start talking about the tracks then. Well, I think also once we start going track by track, this will be something no one has ever done or like a reviewer has never done. Like (laughs) gave this album this much attention. Again, sorry, Corey. Yeah, exact same thing as you. I was trying to find lyrics online and I noticed that the the person transcribing the lyrics gave up halfway. It's like C. Feltman 82 is the username. (laughs) That guy went through the same experience of me, except he didn't have to keep listening. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess onto the first track, Ascension Millennium, the the anthemic part of the album, perhaps. It really kicks open. There's a lot of, like, skits and, like, framing narratives on this. Yeah, there's a whole... So the first one is, like, I think it's God. It sounds like a demon, but it's God. Yeah. Um, Talking about how it's the 22nd day. Yeah. Now, there's a recurring thing where Corey Feldman really likes the number two. Yes. Yeah. And it's... Oh I yeah, don't is that not it? the two Corys? Yes. So yes. it's Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, is it? Yes. Uh, and they were like two child stars came up at the same time, and they're both called Corey. <laughs> and he had like a the show called the Two Corys. Uh-huh. Two Corys, so like two two. Let's let's listen about this. There's a bit where he pops in, which is two minutes. So you're listening to two minutes of instrumental, I think, and then uh, at that two minute mark. In bursts Corey Feltman. <laughs> he called him Feltman. <laughs> Feltman, he's made a felt. But he just bursts in like like little John bursts in. It sounds like bar karaoke that someone's recorded. Yeah. 
sounds like a very a very populous Dan Deacon. <laughs> the synth is very Dan Deacon. <laughs> I mean, the synth. Now that you said Dan Deacon, the synth doesn't sound as bad now, but. That's a bro slam on Dan Deacon, I believe. <laughs> and that's the best song on the album. Yeah, truly. <laughs> well, uh, I'll say there's another one better for me because it's got banging ch- like horns on it. Oh, I know. I know the one you're talking Yeah. Um, I stand corrected. Uh, and the ne- next one returns to God again. Yeah. Who talks to us about lying, and lying's bad. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought that this song was about him saying like he loves to lie loving lies oh, it does sound like he loves lies. to lie yeah uh, but yeah like the holding on vocal lines for way too long yeah the the auto tune once it kicks he- in here is the worst you maybe play that it's at two minutes the worst auto tune I've ever heard it's, it sounds like someone at Curry's is like a salesman at Curry's is giving a demo of <laughs> a vocoder <laughs> See, and you can do this with it, and uh, you don't need to sign it; just tunes it. <laughs> He's played the wrong demo track in the background. <laughs> oh God! What an Ibiza slapper! Meanwhile, back on planet Earth. <laughs> Good morning, angels. Good morning. Did you sleep well, angels? Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, angels. Your mission today, should you choose to accept it. My question is, do you think this is written or is he just riffing this speech? (laughs) He's pausing between the lines so much. Yeah. You want to get funkadelic and rockadelic with your mission. I want to see you dancing and I want to see you making the This is when it becomes like a porn film, basically. Yeah. 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 And this is the most important angels. Don't forget to be sexy. I mean, uh, this is possibly the least sexy song that's ever been produced ever. Uh, on the next one, Forbid in Attraction, is a bold way to spell what is just the word forbidden. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sounds very much like Crash Bandicoot beat. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> sort of jungle level. It's really. <laughs> It, this is the sexy song on the album mm. and it is stomach churning it is the least sexy thing I've ever heard since the last song yeah let's let's hear about this because I want to hear this jungle thing I can't remember this just just keep that in mind Crash Bandicoot sort of jungle level you see yeah yeah A lot of the album does feel like video game music. Yes, it it does. There's one coming up that reminded me of something very particular. (laughs) Uh, The next, the next song only has one line of lyrics, which is "You cross the line," and it is four minutes long. I have no lines of notes for this. The the piano line Mm. was okay. There's a very interesting dissonant piano (laughs) line. Corey, you can use that as a quote. The piano line was okay. Let's hear a short segment of what I've wrote down is strangely dissonant piano. That's like a stock house and sort of... I like that. 
this this is the one that I would put on a playlist. <laughs> this song. Oh, it's a floor filler. The next song is Bad People. <laughs> this is the bold oh. choice of bringing oh the harmonica God. into mm. the pop world. Oh I mean, I've never heard like a Max Martin, Britney Spears type song with like Bob Dylan harmonica. Yeah. Uh, and you'd think it wouldn't work, but they pull it off. They'll beat you, they'll beat you. That's it. That's literally just breathing in and out and not moving the harmonica at all. It's the solo, the small section where. You let the uh, I assume it's Corey playing it, right? He's continuing then the proud tradition of Bruce Willis. Did he not get in C six Steve for that harmonica <laughs> <laughs> solo maybe? And he's like, Don't credit me though. I'll do it, <laughs> but please don't credit me. I'll pay you to not credit me. This does feature the incomprehensible singing I was talking about where the lyrics <laughs> site couldn't make it out. If mm. you play from one minute twenty the, so the line starts with, and you can hear this quite clear, clearly, he says, I hate jail. So that's, that's where we are at the start of this. And then it becomes incomprehensible. You know what, Corey? I get it. I hate jail too. The lyric site just has question marks, and then you can hear the words traffic light. So see if, legit, see if you can figure out what it says. I'll, between, I'll see I hate I jail and traffic light. Turned out okay. Sacrifice. So. Bad people, not a lot to talk about. Next one, I feel like is the, for me the worst song in the whole album. Duh. Yeah. It, it's it's a low point. On a series of low points. Listen to this song. Sounds gross. I like it. <laughs> Two thumbs up. On to the next one, everybody. I got nothing on that. This feels like it's like the single of the album. Yeah. To some degree, it's, a lot, it's very accessible, uh, and that makes it one of the most boring parts. It's, it's worth pointing out that a lot of the rhythms, and I know Corey's listening, so I'll tread carefully here. Uh, tread carefully. For yes. your tread on Corey's dreams. Well, uh, what I was about to say is a lot of the rhythm sections in this album uh, sound like they may have been inspired by other songs. Um, this one very much sounds like uh, Katy Perry's California Dream. Um, whether he was inspired by it or whether he just took it entirely is up to you, the listener. Um, 
blues has a grand tradition of <laughs> reinterpreting yes. common classics, mm. you know. Led Zeppelin have borrowed Bob from that Dylan. tradition. And magpieing. Corey Feldman is continuing this by taking Katy Perry's teenage dream. I will say the rap in this is pretty good. I wrote that down. I'm not sure if it's the guest artist in this, which is Doc Ice. Doc Ice, Doc which Ice. is nice because it reminds me of Chalk Ice. <laughs> reminds me of Doc Leaf. Hmm. There we go. Two childhood <laughs> things. Moving on, uh, Lickety Splickety. Oh, we're corrupt. Oh, corrupt. He's he's taking us back to the death row years on this track. Yeah. This song is hot garbage, though. This is probably the song I hate the most. There's a if you play like from fifty seconds, I've wrote down like this is just it's possibly the, shite. the biggest mess on the entire yeah album. The audio is just messy. Aye, aye, aye. Can't find my baby. There's so much going on. It's the power up noises behind me. <laughs> yeah. There's an organ hit. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. That was like we 909 or something there. <laughs> this is Corey Feldman's wall of sound. You know, right, now that I'm re-listening to it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> On re-listening, there's so much that we can re-inspect. Uh, and this is just preamble going into the next one, which oh is my Snoop Dogg's appearance. Yes. Go now, for it. Go for it. Now, it is really bold to get like a guest like Snoop Dogg and then record the vocals so badly it's not obvious that it's Snoop yeah, Dogg they keep him yes. low on the mix also he doesn't appear he doesn't appear to like the second last track on the CD mm. and then in this track he doesn't appear to like 2 minutes 20 so you're just waiting for him to show up and uh, clearly Snoop Dogg will appear on anything <laughs> he has no level he won't go to <laughs> sorry Snoop if you're listening Snoop we know you're listening we're really sorry Snoop Snoop Seems to go on Reddit quite a lot. So maybe he's like <laughs> into podcasts as well. Yeah, he goes on Reddit, so he is listening. Uh-huh. Know this. Yeah. It's it's another sort of dubstep Yeah, it sounded like the intro to Crow Show. I wrote that down yeah, as well. It yeah. really does. Yeah. Very video game esque. Yeah, it feels like a nice. boss, a boss level. Again, Nick Crow, we're sorry. It wasn't. It wasn't that painful to get to the end of the first disc, and we've still got one more track yeah. to go. So the track final eleven, track, test one, featuring SB. Mm. Now this one almost, you know, by go for it, I'm sort of into it. I'm like, okay, I can do the rest of the album. But then this one, test one. Is possibly the worst song so far. Wow. And it almost go. derailed. I can't get into the second. I'm disc. going on the record. This is my favourite song. I'm going to I'm gonna have sorry those to horns. both of us disagree with this. I've wrote down this seems to be produced by someone else. It's almost as if he's bought someone else's right. song. <laughs> I wish I could hear the lyrics, but at one point somebody says something about scrambled eggs. <laughs> it's a pretty sure. 
I don't think it is. No? It, somebody says something about scrambled eggs as some point in the song. I do love the skit at the end of this. I don't mm. know if you stuck around to listen to oh, that. Of course. of course I did. Where he seems to have to explain that there's another <laughs> disc in the sleeve. He seems to forget that, that at the start. He's like, thanks for listening to the album. And catches himself up. But there's another disc in the album. But then we go on to the angelic rockadelic sides with the seamless featuring Fred Durst. More saxophone. Again, I think this is a nice trick because you put Snoop Dogg at the end of the first album, that gets you to the end, that keeps you persevering. This mm. one, am I going to reach for that second disc? Fred Durst. So yeah, I'll I'll play it. I feel like Seamless is meant to highlight how seamless he moves between genres. You have new metal, uh, then going into sort of samba music. (laughs) (laughs) Seamlessly into samba music. Well, let's let's talk about Fred Durst on this first track, because he seems very mellow. I'm not sure what has happened, but this is no longer like... You used to want to break stuff. Yeah, this is no longer break stuff, Fred Durst. This is like... Make stuff. Make make stuff in a nice, relaxing pottery class. Mm. Now, he says, Fred Durst, he has the the audacity to out-Corey Corey in terms of horrific... At least you can understand his lyrics, but when he says... Poo tangle, poo tangle, poo tangle. He's created a new word there. That we all know what it means. Uh, well, know what triangle is. Poon tangle, poon tangle is it? Poon tangle or poon tangle? Poon tangle. Poon tangle. He's thinking in three dimensions when it comes to poon tang. Fred, Fred's fine, but I, I gotta play this example from this next track. Wanna break free? Because it is. Featuring uh-huh. Truth Movement. Featuring, Featuring Corey's original band, The Truth Movement. The 9-11 Truthers Movement. <laughs> they believe in certain things that some people don't. Um, this is uh, about a minute and a half in. It's just like lounge jazz. Soft jazz. Yeah. 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 And now we all have a bit of an insight into what Michael Jackson's metal career might have been like. It's if there was one thing missing from the start of Slayer's Angel of Death, it was <laughs> lounge piano. <laughs> For a full minute and a half. Next one, I've got nothing to talk about. Negativity. This one truly couldn't even think of why I would want to listen to this. This this goes from sort of industrial ministry mm. sort of vibes into a croon that's very much 80s Bowie and then it goes into Cameo and then it sort of goes into 90s Corn. It is... <laughs> it's a journey. That's... It's... The, the second album... Well, of course he's listening to you saying that right now, and he's like, yeah, he gets, gets it. But <laughs> that's the first person who's got all those references. Negativity uh, uh, is pr- proceeded by Ya Got Me. Uh, I've got nothing to talk about on this either. This 
in in re-listening to it before this, this is this is when it started to annoy me again. Mm. Uh, and I remembered the first time I listened to it. The first time, if you're listening to the whole album, it goes through certain stages. It's it's it starts off sort of funny, and then it becomes annoying, and then it goes on for so long it becomes fascinating, and then it goes on even longer to the point where it becomes annoying again. And then you start crying, and then you and start then... crying, and then it sort of becomes funny again in a sort of delirious mm. sort of way. And then, by the end, you're you're like, I've made it through this. This is, it's it's it was very influential in my style of comedy. Um, that's the sort of process I'd like the audiences to go on. Why am I here? And then by the end, ah, he said something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take the next one. Baby blue eyes. This opens with a sample of a baby <laughs> babbling. <laughs> Yeah, which that's that's gotta be his his kid, right? I I I think it'd be really funny if he didn't have kids. I did the, the same recording. thing. I heard that and was like, I wonder if this is his kids. I had to Google. He does have a child. Yeah, but it doesn't mean it was his child that was recorded. No, he could have recorded any kid. The only note I have on it is that the guitar work sound reminded me of the underwater levels of Donkey Kong. Let's go straight to that. <laughs> it's not the guitar. It sounds it's a kind baby. of horrifying initially. You know, you're you're on top of this the swordfish. Yeah. As Corey stated there, Daddy's here. (laughs) Yep, sounds like something they would have sold to the band Blue. Uh, Next one, For My Love. (laughs) For my notes for this, I've I've checked out of listening to the the, the album here. Sorry, Podcast Martin. (laughs) Which is very helpful to me now. Mm Mm-hmm. I was listening to it and I don't know what the song is, but it feels like a Corey. I'm sorry, this is a direct rip off of something. Uh, it could be like Avril Lavigne's "Complicated." Maybe it's something else. Like, what is this? The guitar riff for? Words don't express the feelings we really mean. So I wrote these feelings. <laughs> uh, it sounds a lot like a bare naked ladies song. Is that the one you're thinking Could of? Could be later? that. Yeah, complicated. I could see that as well. End, end of song. Uh, and the next one is, if not my favourite song, the second favourite song. We Want Change. We wanted change. We wanted change. <laughs> yeah. Which is the some kind of like... song. It's like a Beatles riff or something. I didn't really pick up much of the lyrics, but my favourite lyric on the whole album might be on this, where he just goes, Wee! Wee! <laughs> <laughs> he had a slide in the recording studio. And we knew we were here to stay. Wee! We went together. <laughs> 
I'd love to be in the room when he's seated his bandmates. <laughs> Guys, I've figured out the chorus to this song. Um, and then the next song, in the year 2016, Corey has taken a position on the Iraq war. Oh, yes, yeah. Which is a little bit out of Take date. Take a stand. Take a stand. This, this is his uh, sort of state of the world anthem, very much like Boy George's War is Stupid. <laughs> Um, very alienating. Yes. Yep. Like, can it get any stranger? The next one's called "Remember Two Two Two. Bracket. Bracket. Corey's song. Corey's song. Yeah. He's in full Michael Jackson impersonator holding yeah. this. Yeah. And he doesn't need to say this is a song. We you know it's just the whole album that is his song. Oh no! This is this is Corey's song. Is in Corey Haim. Oh, I, I would imagine. Yeah, it is. It's about the two Corys. I don't know why there's three twos here, but um, yeah, it's the two Corys. <laughs> there's, there's the bit, it did almost kill me listening to it back. The bit where he goes, we were the two Corys, almost killed me. I, <laughs> uh, right, only two tracks left. Two, two. We're almost there, guys. <coughs> the last track isn't a track. The last track is a cover. But this is the last original song, Mercy. <laughs> Featuring B. Howard. B. Howard. I've wrote down this song is five minutes too long. It's five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it would have been a good 13 second song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a super boring piano track. And it brings us to the very last track, which is a cover of John Lennon's Rocking <laughs> Glass Hero. This I did not you, see coming. Oh, when you get to this point, you're like, of course. <laughs> It's almost telegraphed I, by this point. The, this is the most unlikely choice at this point. The scale of the ego involved to, <laughs> to cover this song it is... It's got my second favourite lyric on it, where his pronunciation of the word hero... <laughs> hero... <laughs> so rich Does sound quite Dylan-esque here There, there you go um, <laughs> Bro Okay, that's okay, enough, yes. please God yes. We made it to the end. <laughs> and, and do you feel that sense of relief and like you've been through something traumatic and you've come out the other end? There is a there is an outro. Mm. Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> where the course demon voice comes <laughs> back. The Charlie's Angels skit as well. Yeah, the Angels Return to Heaven. Where it's just like, hey, we've not done this in a few tracks. Remember, <laughs> that's the concept. Remember the first track. And then interestingly, the demon or God... Um, starts to sing the opening lines to Ascension Millennium. So the album is a closed uh, loop. Very good. Like, um, yeah, I, you feel he's very inspired by the Beatles. I know mm. that um, Sergeant Pepper ends that way, it sort of loops back in on itself. And so and potentially you could listen to this album mm. forever. I'm really sorry that I made you... <laughs> 
Listen um, to us. We've heard worse and will hear worse. Uh, yeah. But that was fun. Uh, so what we usually do at the end is uh, a series of ratings that I'm trying to remember. Uh, we, so we have say, two questions. The first question is whether you loved the album, liked the album, disliked or hated the album. And then a second part to the question is whether you think the artist achieved what they wanted mm-hmm. to achieve. So okay, go to the guest first. I begrudgingly love this album. <laughs> it is like nothing else I've ever heard. It's a very singular uh, mind that's made this album. And it's horrific. It's terrible. (laughs) I feel like Corey again is sitting listed to that and he's like uh, being all kind of joyful hearing that. And then it's horrific just brings him back down there. It's it's so bad. It's like I I said at the start, it's, it's... very rare that you get something that is so bad in terms of music that it becomes interesting or fascinating uh, to the point where it's good. And I think this crosses that line. Mm. So I do enjoy it, but on a but on a sort of level where I don't understand why I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I hate it, but I sort of love that. Mm. I don't know. For um, me, like it's a different example, but Captain Beefheart can be like that for me sometimes. Where it's like I'm not some of the songs I'm not loving, but like yeah. in, in terms of like it's not like a catchy song that I'm humming and well, singing. How can one rate art? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then so begrudging like was that a begrudging a love, lover? Begrudging love, mm. and then do you think he achieved or did not achieve? I think Corey did achieve what he set out to accomplish with this album. Uh, you know, it maybe only cost eight grand instead of a hundred grand. But sometimes if you place limitations on your art, you, <laughs> you come up with sort of creative solutions to to how you want to achieve the, your goal. So I think, he, I think Corey loves this album. I think... <laughs> I think he loves it. And I think he thinks... That it's a masterpiece. And in many ways, it is. It's the best Corey Feldman double album <laughs> you will ever hear. Strong words. Martin, what about yourself? I'm, I'm not going to try and get into the mind of Corey Feldman. I'm <laughs> uh, trying to get into the mind of a dog. I think I'd probably... <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd probably say dislike this wasn't as strong as hate it was a bit of a bummer halfway through the second disc to get through but i got through wasn't the worst thing i've ever heard Mm. um um i think i think he didn't achieve i think what what he was trying to achieve was some sort of like critical acclaim it seems like he he definitely seems like he's wanting love from people for doing this album and does um uh seek that publicity by mm. playing minor league 
uh, baseball games. Uh, <laughs> you, also, you take a gig where you can get them. Look, if you can't no. smash a minor league baseball game, <laughs> are, are you, you a musician? <laughs> John, what did you think? Uh, I think I liked it. I think, um, like, I don't think there was a lot of tracks that were super boring. Like, there were boring tracks. Maybe two or three. Yeah, yeah. but like, this is an incredibly long album and it didn't feel as long as that. Like, there are 24 songs. That's an insane amount of music. Did not feel like 24. Almost no song was good. (laughs) But everyone had something unusual happening in it. Like, it it was more like going around the museum. Like, museums aren't really fun, but they're interesting. You can see these weird things. Did he achieve what he wanted? Do any of us achieve all we want in this life? Um, you raise a good point, because clearly he wants to be considered a musician, and nobody does consider him that. Corey, I'm so sorry. Nobody thinks of you as a musician. And he's ploughed a lot of money into it. I Did he artistically achieve what he wanted with this album? Hmm... In that in that moment of silence, more than anyone's thought about this album. <laughs> I, you know what, I do think he achieved, and it'll be on the basis that he. I bet you this is like authentic. It's pretty much what he wanted to do. I bet he wanted to do like duets with Snoop Dogg and uh, <laughs> <A> duets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which he's achieved. You know what? Like, there's a lot of people who put out like garbage, but like, as long as it's what they want to do, it looks impressive. So yeah, he achieved. <laughs> cool. That's the end of our episodes. Um, now we should start talking about the first song again, so this can be a closed so loop it be podcast. A, yes, like the Beatles. <laughs> so Ascension Millennium, he sort of sets out yeah. <laughs> what he wants to do with the album. Interesting Choice is a production for the Hat on Dog Network. For more information, visit hatondog.com.